Welcome to the January episode of the J.D. Power Travel and Hospitality Podcast. I'm Sarah Baggett with the Marketing Department, and I'm joined today with Michael Taylor and Andrea Stokes. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Well, Andrea, Mike, we are here to talk about our predictions for the industry in 2024. Uh, Lots of exciting new developments. We've got lots to look at. And I'd like to kick us off with, Andrea, your predictions about the hotel industry in 2024. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Yeah. So last year, I recall, um, made a prediction about the number of new hotel brands Uh, that would be introduced in 2023. I was way off on my prediction. Um, I think I maybe predicted five or six brands, but uh, all in all, I think we ended 2023 with uh, 10 plus new hotel brands introduced across, you know, all of the large hotel chains. Uh, So that was an interesting development, something I I just was not um, thinking would happen. But I'm going to try again this year uh, and predict the number of new hotel brands to be introduced. Uh, I would say I'm going to go with, uh, you know, around maybe six or seven. Uh, I want to say maybe things will slow down a little bit um, from last year. Uh, I know, you know, the demand is out there for um, franchisees and, and they want uh, new hotels and new locations or converting old hotels into uh, modernized hotels. I think that uh, there are a lot of brands to choose from. Um, and uh, I think the pace of sort of the brand development side of things will slow down a little bit. In terms of hotel demand on the consumer side, I do think uh, we'll have um, kind of a you know, a flat year compared to 2023. I think 2024, if hotel demand grows at all, it'll be maybe by 1% or 2%. Um, I think, you know, while the economy has held up and, uh, you know, lots of people traveled in 2023, hotels were able to hire back employees uh, or at least keep hiring uh, employees. I think, Um, We're just going to see things sort of, um, you know, remain steady. Uh, You know, that said, I, I, you know, I think, um, again, the economy is held up and 2024, you know, perhaps if we see uh, maybe a decline in interest rates and, you know, the economy kind of continue to chug along, um, you know, we're we're definitely not going to see a decline per se in hotel demand. So um, in terms of management, you know, I do think there will be more consolidation with management companies. So there were some mergers last year and even the year before coming out of the pandemic. I do think a couple of management companies this year will combine or merge um, or perhaps there'll be, you know, some kind of buyout. But, uh, you know, I think uh, again, hotel owners and franchisees will have a lot, a um, lot of options for uh, franchising and, uh, you know, managing their hotel properties. It sounds like a lot of directions demand could go, but it also like travelers will have a lot of choices with uh, these new brands and, and different, uh, different portfolios. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of demand, um, Mike, let's throw it over to you. What is it looking like for airlines in 2024? 
Well, I think with adding on to what Andrea said, I think there's going to be just a leveling off of demand, if not a slight decrease. Uh, I'd be a little bit wary of the decrease side of it. I just don't see demand rising much faster or any more than it did in the past two years. Um, so that's as far as demand goes, that's how what I see. Uh, some of the other things I think are going to happen in the airline space, there's going to be more trouble for Boeing aircraft, uh, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I want to be very cautious about what I say, but I believe there there's a lot of scrutiny on uh, Boeing performance and maintenance and engineering, which in the, in the past has been outstanding. Uh, and we may see that there's going to be a few things pointed out that Boeing should be doing or should have been doing over the past several years. And this, of course, will just make everything safer. There's no, there's no unsafe aircraft. I want to make sure I'm very clear on that being flown. There's just certain things that may happen in flight that um, may require some more maintenance costs than what were projected. And I think Boeing could do some things to address that. I don't predict that there's any, any more doors blown off uh, like they had with Alaska Airlines, but there'll be minor issues, I believe, that need to be corrected through engineering. Uh, some of the other airline things I see happening uh, is that the JetBlue Spirit merger, which was put on the kibosh, or the kibosh was put on it, I guess is the way you say it, um, by the federal courts this past week. Um, I believe that Spirit will be back in play with someone else. Um, and so I think that there's still some outside chance there that Spirit will be acquired by somebody to fill in, basically, uh, some... Uh, geography and some reach for various airlines that may want to add that to their portfolio and to their uh, passenger system, their their plane system. And the last thing I think will happen in the airline space is that the Department of Transportation will do something to try and influence the upcoming election uh, during this year. Uh, I think they'll they they're in the past have done crazy things trying to make airlines responsible for things that no one can be responsible for, like weather delays and things like that. I think that there are going to be some kind of crazy little things that will bring the DOT uh, up in the headlines and uh, position the administration as, you know, working for the passenger and things like that. It'll make, they'll probably make no difference whatsoever, but I believe that's what DOT will be doing in 2024. We love to talk about those weather delays, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody does. Yes. <laughs> well, while we're here, if you're catching a plane, you're spending some time in an airport, any predictions as far as airports go for 2024? Yeah. I, one of the issues we've been tracking at JD Power has been the usage of airline lounges. Um, they've just become overcrowded. It's sort of, at first it was a club for the exclusive. Uh, and now it's just being overrun simply because the demand is there. People will pay more to get away from the hustle and bustle that they see in the terminal itself. Um, but as more and more people get ad added to finite lounge space, they run out of, quite literally, they run out of seats. And a lot of times you'll see those lines form in lounges. I see it at JFK all the time as you come out of security and Go around the corner. There's a there's a Delta Airline lounge right at security, and at you know half the time, uh, there's a line of twenty people, you know, waiting for someone to leave and open up a seat so someone can can come in. I think they're going to be a little bit more creative in the coming year. Uh, Delta did try to restrict the amount of people could access a lounge and kind of did it in a sort of a heavy handed way, and got a little bit of backlash when they backed it off. I being uh, you know to be frank here to be. Uh, completely honest and disclose everything. I'm a American Express Platinum holder. 
and um, that affected me. They were not going to allow uh, platinum members to access uh, Delta lounges, but they re- they kind of reverse course on that. But I believe they're going to find some other creative ways because they simply have to because um, they're not really providing a service that people really want to have. Uh, obviously, you go to a lounge to relax and um, wait out your time before you have to go to the gate. And if that's not pleasurable, you're not going to be happy with the brand itself. And I believe that's where most of the airlines find themselves. So I think it's going to be some creativity in restricting the amount of people that are going to uh, access lounges. I think people are happy as long as they have access to a charging port, right? For their uh, cell phones and <laughs> devices. That's what they're looking for. <laughs> yes. When we do our uh, cell phone service on a product we call Passenger View, which is uh, using the uh, airport Wi-Fi system to ask any question an airport wants to ask. And all of our air, airports uh, do a, uh, a gate study. And the number one most requested thing far and away dwarfs everything else is I want to be able to charge my personal device while I'm sitting at the gate. And the same thing happens on the lounge as well. I know that's definitely true for me. Well, um, Andrea, speaking of lounges and you know people traveling, all this good stuff, we've been talking a lot about recreational travel, but what about business travel? What is the outlook in 2024 for business travel? So I, I've seen you know a couple of forecasts, um, unfortunately, uh, delaying uh, the full recovery of business travel now. To 2025. So when when we talk about full recovery, I think really we're comparing to 2019. So um, you know, is business travel going to get back to the levels, the very high levels, I should say, we saw um, right before the pandemic? Uh, so unfortunately, I think transient business travel uh, is going to uh, take longer to come back. I, you know, and I think a lot of people are really questioning, like, will it ever be the same given, um, you know, the pushback on, uh, you know, companies trying to get their employees back to offices and, uh, you know, remote work is here to stay. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we do have some data that says, of course, you know, business travelers do believe business travel is important for companies and important to company bottom line um, to make sure that, you know, uh, the company's clients are satisfied and um, sales are happening and revenues being generated and all that. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think transient business travel is just not not going to be where it was um, in 2024. In terms of group travel and conferences, conventions, meetings, uh, we we saw those come back in a big way in 2023. Um, so that's great news, especially for hotels that you know rely, especially you know full service hotels that rely on income and revenue from meetings and events. Uh, I think 2024 will be similar. Um, you know, we won't really see a decline from 2023. And if anything, we'll see uh, some growth in, um, in you know, conferences, meetings and events. So that's that's good news on the business travel side. Very interesting. Different types of travel, but uh, always good to have those hotels filled, right? Well, speaking of conferences and uh, getting to these meetings, Mike, I know a popular form of travel is the the rental car. So what are we looking at for 2024? Are we seeing any trends? Do you have any predictions for rental cars in 2024? 
Well, I actually have two in the rental car space. I believe that some rental car company in 2024 is going to test out self-delivery of vehicles. In other words, the car will be delivered to your house without a driver in it. And you will hopefully be able to return it the same way in that you don't have to return it to the rental car location. I believe that someone is going to be testing that in 2024. And the other prediction I have is an unfortunate one where the, I'd say it was an experiment, a pretty big bet actually by Hertz and other rental car companies to add EVs to their fleet. Um, This cold snap that we've seen in the middle of the country, and quite frankly out east as well, has really shown some limitations of EVs as a rental fleet, as a big part of a rental fleet. Uh, If you've seen the um, news reports on completely dead EVs uh, at charging stations uh, in Chicago when the temperatures got below zero, where the cars could not take a charge if they were at such and such a level, I believe 10% or less of the battery charge. Uh, And also the charging stations weren't able to charge the actual vehicles. So a logjam of completely inert EVs uh, occurred at various charging stations stations around the uh, Chicago area and just kind of highlighted how difficult it is in some cases um, to rent an EV and have a pleasurable experience. And we've talked about this on this podcast before. You know, EVs probably can work in various locations, but not in others. And we had talked um, previously on previous podcasts about, well, you may not want to rent one in, say, Arizona, you know, where you're going to be traveling many hundreds of miles between, you know, towns that might have a charging station that might be difficult given the range limitations of EVs. Uh, And you might not want to rent them in cold weather, as we have seen in Chicago. So they may not go away completely, but as being a very large part of the the fleet of rental car companies, I think that uh, the jury is still going to be out. I think there's going to be some have to be some technological advances that preclude these issues that we've seen in these really, really cold weather. And you'd also, I believe, see some of the similar kinds of things in really, really hot weather, um, you know, temperatures over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So those are the my two predictions, self-delivery of um, rental cars, and then also uh, the de-emphasis of EVs as part of everyone's fleet. There's that weather storyline again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, weather. <laughs> uh, Mike, with the self-driving delivery of rental cars, just curious, are you expecting any impact on satisfaction with that? Maybe it going up because you don't have to deal with a customer service rep or maybe going down because you aren't dealing with a customer service rep? <laughs> yes. I think that, you know, when we look, look at uh, J.D. Power, when we look at what drives satisfaction, uh, the, you know, uh, kind of co-equal uh, factors are the car itself. You know, are you pleased with the car that you got for the price you were going to rent a car at? Uh, How fast you got in the car and the return process. And so being able to eliminate the wait times for renting a vehicle on both ends, on the, you know, picking up and also on the dropping off and making it as very easy as possible, I believe that satisfaction will go up for the non-airport rentals. Uh, obviously, for an airport rental, you can't deliver it to the frontage. That would be that would cause a great deal of consternation for everybody. Uh, but on the local rental side, I believe that's going to happen in the future. Well, Mike, Andrea, thank you so much. Cannot wait to see if your 2024 predictions come to fruition. We appreciate you. Well, we're going to have to wait a whole year, I think. So <laughs> That's right. We'll be doing this at the beginning of 2025. We'll take that uh, that look back and see how we did. 
Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been the January edition of the Travel and Hospitality Podcast, and we look forward to joining you again in February. Mm -hmm.